Hello and welcome to the Golf Shake Podcast. My name is Kieran Clark. This week, flying solo as my regular co-host Owen Davis is currently gallivanting around the northeast of England for the British Masters. But fans of Owen should not fear, as he will feature prominently in this episode as he will be conducting an interview with James Day, who is the managing director of Urban Golf, whose two London sites have grown in popularity and have much to offer golfers looking to hone their skills in a relaxed and sociable environment on state-of-the-art simulators. Sounds good, but more about that in just a while. However, firstly, looking quickly at some golf news... You may have seen that Justin Thomas continued his extraordinary year by winning the FedEx Cup on Sunday. Though it was rookie Xander Schofley, what a name that is, who won the Tour Championship. His second title of the year and a wonderful breakthrough season for the wonderfully named Schofley. But for Justin Thomas, as I say, it's been a remarkable campaign. Five victories, including of course his first major at the PGA Championship, and now of course with the $10 million bonus that comes with topping the FedEx Cup ranking at the end of the season. But, you know what? Does anyone really care? And I've always had a problem with the FedEx Cup, and I could really bore you about this, but, you know, on two levels I've had a problem with it. Beginning with the prize itself. In the end, what are we seeing? We're simply seeing rich guys getting richer. It's like watching Bill Gates playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for his own gain. What makes the majors, the masters, the Open, the US Open and the PGA special is the titles themselves. That's what matters. When Jordan Spieth won at Royal Birkdale back in the summer, it wasn't about the money. It was about the trophy, the claret jug, the prestige, the FedEx Cup, now a decade old, simply doesn't have that. And even the most ardent golf fan, ask them, who has won the FedEx Cup since it began? And they'll struggle to remember. Bill Haas, Brant Snedeker, Jim Furyk, Billy Horschel. Really? It doesn't matter on any deep level with golfers. And the format, you know, what's going on there? The point system has been tweaked and altered throughout the years But what we have now is a process in which, during the final round, we must be constantly reminded on projections and where each contender sits after every putt and every change. Jordan Spieth, of course, was actually the leader without having any of the the so-called playoff events under his belt this year. And he nearly won the whole thing, of course, the FedEx Cup, despite finishing a tie for 7th at Eastlake. There is no excitement, just confusion. And it becomes even harder to care about for that reason. It all needs to be simplified. Maybe there are alternatives. We could have a stroke play, match play hybrid. Perhaps players being given a head start to reflect their standing. Or maybe even just a straight forward head to head. Why not? Guys battling out for the money. Going head to head straight, you know, that'd be fantastic. That'd be exciting. But you know what? In the end, even that, it doesn't change the fact that it just doesn't mean anything. The FedEx Cup is empty, it's soulless, and it's inherently dull. But of course, take nothing away from Justin Thomas, who has become a genuine star this year, and is certainly one of the the world's best players, and will probably carry that on into 2018. 
However, moving on from the FedEx Cup and to more interesting things, I think. And uh, this week, of course, we have the British Masters at Close House. Uh, and that will be a real fantastic showpiece for the North East. And uh, once again, supported by Sky Sports, who have put on a variety of events this week, from the Hero Challenge, the coverage of the Pro-Am, uh, and of course, to tuition from the likes of Rory McIlroy. The British Masters really has become a beacon of fan engagement since it was reborn a few years ago. Uh, with McElroy and Sergio Garcia, and indeed the Masters champion, joining tournament host uh, Lee Westwood in the field this week, there is set to be a good attendance in the Newcastle venue. And these really are the sorts of events that the European Tour has to have more of. Weeks that are distinct and engaging with viewers on television and indeed spectators on the ground itself. We've seen Rory hosting the Irish Open, of course, in recent years. We also have Sergio in Spain. And indeed, next year, it was just announced that Thomas Peters will headline a new event in Belgium. So, you know, that's what we need more of. And these are the efforts that are required to make the European Tour a better product. And, of course, we also have the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship coming up next week in my hometown of St Andrews, ensuring that we're about to have a late-season showcase of golf in the UK. So if you're going to the British Masters this week, have a great time and don't forget to tweet or Facebook us your opinions and of course your photos from the event. We want to try and hear what you thought about it, what you thought of your experience of going to the British Masters at Close House. However, I think that's enough of me for now. And if you're still listening to us, and I hope you are, it's time to bring in Owen Davis, who recently sat down with James Day of Urban Golf. And what can they offer? Golf, beer, and good music. What could be a better combination? Well, you tell me. I'm a teetotaler, so I don't know. Well, at Urban Golf, you get the joy of all three, meaning you can hone your skills while having a beverage and listening to some great music, all at the same time in a friendly and sociable atmosphere. And of course, there are now two sites in London, one in Smithfield and one in Soho, and Urban Golf offers the most accurate golf simulator experience that's available to date with the use of About Golf's patented free track technology. And Owen discovered all there is to know about what Urban Golf can offer visitors. So let's hear that interview with James Day as we join the inimitable Owen Davis. Could you um, just go through the fitting process again? So someone comes in straight, straight off the street, never been here before, or maybe he's been here using the simulators, uh, and requests a fitting. What is the process? How do you start? What is the process? And what's your philosophy behind uh, doing it all? I, I think the the summary of the philosophy in in the way that we fit is is this idea that um, we start the fitting uh, at an earlier stage than most things start. So most things start with ball flight and end with ball flight, whereas we start with the club. Um, so we use a system called Shaft Max, um, which we've just demonstrated here, which we'll go through. Um, to um, measure the way that somebody, the amount of load that somebody puts on a shaft using strain gauges. So it's not speed, it's the actual amount of pressure that somebody puts on the club um, when they hit a golf ball and the way that they do it. So the amount of pressure that somebody puts on a shaft relates directly to the shaft flex they should be using and it's a much more effective way of ascertaining shaft flex than um, just using speed. Yep. Um, and the way that they do it relates to shaft profile. Yep. So the type of shaft profile, butt stiff, tip stiff, soft in the middle, stiff in the middle, all of that stuff. So it's a really great way to start fitting because what we see on the graph yep. um, that we get out of Shaft Max 
we see that as like somebody's swing fingerprint. So yeah. it tells us most of what we need to know right at the start of the fitting. By definition, by saying that, does that mean you believe the shaft's the most important part of, of any golfer maker? Um, it depends on the player. Yeah. You know, some players, it's it's absolutely like you know they they there, there are some people that can put it this way. There are some people that come in that have had it. They've had lots of fittings on launch monitors, and they have no chance of ending up with what they really need. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're not even in the ballpark. So, for example, you can have. Um, I mean, I've had I can tell you loads of stories about this sort of thing. But you can have somebody that produces a lot of full speed, yeah. but doesn't put very much pressure on the shaft. So every time they go for a fitting, somebody looks at their ball speed and their club speed and their spin rate and all of these things, and they say to them, you know, you've got to have you've got to be an X flex or whatever. And sometimes, you know, winding them back, all of a sudden, they you know they've got the feeling that they were looking for and they're hitting the ball much better and more consistently. So. Yeah. I guess that's the core point really is that the it's the overall club and, yeah. and part of what we do is that all of what we do really is that we drive towards creating an overall club with a, what I call a dynamic specification so right. the, the elements of the dynamic specification to me yeah. um, are the bits of the specification that allow you to hit it hard yeah. and allow you to hit it consistently yeah. and make the club feel great. Right. And the things and, and the lovely thing about club fitting is that the performance and the feel actually meet. Yeah. You know, the club that feels best actually performs the best. So it's a nice thing to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and the things that make up the dynamic specification are shaft profile, um, way that the shaft profile complements the way that you load and unload the shaft. Yeah. Um, shaft weight, shaft flex, um, lie angle. So uh, people tend to fit lie anglers at the end of a fitting on a lie board um, and what we see is that golfers will adjust the lie angle within three shots. Right. Unbelievable so they just adapt they, immediately. Yeah, unbelievable the way that golfers adapt to a yeah. lie angle. And so there are a couple of problems with the way that people fit lie angle using a lie board. Um, one is typically golfers have become used to the lie angle that they're using yeah. and they've built their swing around the lie angle that they're using. Yeah. And the other is um, the club that they give that person when they hit on a live board, they will adjust to it. So, um, and you, once you get the right lie angle, so i.e., I'm a bit of a fan, a bit like Ben Hogan, of going flat. Yeah. Um, it, most people are using, I get way more people that are using clubs that are too upright than too flat. Right. Um, and most people that are using clubs that are too upright, if you give them, a, if you just edge the club flatter, all of a sudden they start getting a later release, you start to see a little bit of forward lean on the shot because it's that flatness that allows them to leave the club back for longer right. and, and, and in the end to be able to put more pressure on the ball. So yeah. it's lie angle in a very dynamic way. Yeah. And of course, because we've got um, this, this camera launch monitor that provides such a good image, we can see lie angle, we can actually see it. So, um, and then going on from lie angle, it's, it's really weight. Uh, it's it's considering, you know, very there are a very small portion of golfers who respond well to counterbalance clubs. Yeah. Um, most so what what we tend to find is that um, it's not a question that you can directly ask somebody, but you can give somebody a, a two clubs during the session and just drop the question in which one's heavier. Some golfers only feel headway. 
so you right. give them a light club with a high swing weight yep. and they would say it's heavier than the club that's heavier overall yep. and some golfers only feel overall weight I think the mix is about 20% overall and 80% heavy so most, most golfers respond to head weight yep. um, so you have to figure out who, who, what type of person what type of golfer they are yep. um, and then we just go through a process of you know gradually once we've got to the once we've got the the um, the right shaft and we've got the right line angle and we've got all of those things right we just go through a process of playing with the weight of a six iron yeah um, until we find their their real sweet spot and what we tend to find on that is that say if you've got a club which starts out with quite a light weight we're just gradually adding weight using lead tape yeah and the strike pattern and ball speed are getting better 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 and then all of a sudden you go a little bit too much weight and it, it just goes. falls off the cliff so is it fair to say you're pretty passionate about making sure someone's fitted properly and not necessarily fitting for the sale of the club, uh, yeah. necessarily, although it may well come at, at the end, but yeah. um, you know, really it's about making people understand what, what they should be using uh, in terms of shaft profiling and, and fitting that way than, yeah, than I mean, anything I, else. I think at the end of most of our fittings, at the end of all of our fittings, really people get... Um, uh, during the fitting actually I'm usually uh, as, as we get towards the end of the fitting I'm actually writing up a, a build sheet yeah. of the specs that I would build the clubs to yeah. um, and obviously we've got all of this data and, and, and all of that so we'll explain that to somebody and we'll explain what their options are going down two routes route number one yeah. is to go and you know either and just order a set of clubs through one of the company's custom departments yeah in that situation, to be honest with you, we use Mizuno quite a lot because they've got one of the best custom departments, um, and um, they do they do an okay job. You know, they build the clubs to swing weight, yeah. um, and some of the things that we might be recommending, there'll always be quite a few things that we're recommending that are not available yeah. through the custom department. Some people are very lucky and they can get very close through the, through the custom department, but most people aren't. Yeah. So uh, we'll give them that recommendation. We'll say if you're going through the normal channels. This is the best spec for you. Yeah. If you will, if you would like us to build your clubs, this is the way that we would build them, and every club will feel the same as that blueprint club that we produce during the thing. Um, and that just adds a bit of cost in most cases, but it's it's pretty sort of transparent. Yeah. And what um, I mean, what facilities here at Urban Golf do you have that um, really set you apart from anything else? Well, certainly, certainly in central London, but you know the wider area. Um, you know, south southeast of England, even. Um, what what do you have here that's different in terms of things? Yes, yeah. In terms of your ability to to fit. Um, to be honest with you, the the major thing that sets us apart when it comes to things is that um, that fitting golf equipment is not the is not the core function of my job, but it is the thing that I think about when I'm going to sleep at night. Right, okay. So, um, I'm obsessed with uh, making. You know people's golf equipment work and I'm really happy to say that we've got to a stage now where we can be fairly bullish with people and we can make certain predictions and, and we can we can actually um, we can shoulder most of the financial risk I think yeah. most people sort of think when they take the plunge and somebody's telling them something and go you know a lot of people they they go and take a golf lesson but they're not sure whether they're going to get better it's like yeah, they're playing yeah. roulette with their golf game <laughs> and they go and buy the new driver but they're not sure if it's going to work yeah know? What we try and do is, is sort of take away that 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 gamble, um, yep. and within reason, um, I'm willing to 
um, commit to somebody and say these are the results that we can get you yeah. and we won't stop till we get those results and that's all included in the price so I think that is the most unique thing yeah but the other thing is really the, the technology that we use and and we're very lucky to have met this uh, guy called Tim McGann from Max Out Golf because um, he's a golfer but he's also a bit of a, a bit of a bomb he, um, yeah. he played college golf in California and his first job out of college was developing the tracking system on the cruise missile oh really a proper scientist yeah and he so he developed the launch monitor which you know he developed it 15 years ago yeah. and we still use it um, and he also developed Shaft Max, which was um, which was inspired by the old uh, True Temper Shaft Lab, which yeah. I don't think they knew what they had to be honest with you when they when they did that. But um, the unique thing is really Shaft Max, and, and it's and it's what that has taught us over the years as well, because yeah. we're using that. And because you know you saw when we were when we were looking at uh, Mike's profile, that was pretty cool because I knew that Mike was at one end of the spectrum, and I knew that we could illustrate what the other end of the spectrum is. Yeah. So you know we can. Um, we can sort of uh, we know what the landscape looks like yeah and um, you know we go through a process with people but we, we, we're pretty bulletproof now on, in terms of the results that we get and the process that we go through and that's nice you know it's nice to be able to do that it's quite a rewarding part of the job for me absolutely and a golfer's surprised when they come in here that you can offer such a, a comprehensive fitting or such a unique fitting in a lot of ways I think um, I think people pick up on the fact that we're really into it yeah, <laughs> and I think that, that yeah and and then um, the ability to actually say this is what you can expect yeah um, is is what golfers are quite surprised about and so most of the piece say if somebody comes to us for a driver fitting or somebody comes to us for an iron fitting most of the time it's really nice because they end up coming back and having the rest of their clubs done yeah and um, uh, we spend too much time with people basically I mean we um, once you get into it you know there's always like there's always one or two clubs in the bag that you that you want to kind of um, maybe have a bit of an ongoing process with yeah. um, and it's fun to be able to look at the clubs that somebody might take in and out of their bag depending on what the conditions are yeah. and to be able to be creative you know sometimes for example um, I've had a bit of a thing over the last year um, about five woods. Yeah. So I don't think I think five woods are really underutilised. I think, All right, I think that's fair to say. Rescue club. And, and yet two two of the best players in the world, yeah. Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, both had a five wood in the exactly. bag recently. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. amazing what you can do with five woods. But the yeah. fact that we've got the workshop. So if you went to, for example, any of the custom departments, you're only going to be able to buy a fairly lemonade five wood. Yeah. You know, you're going to be able to buy a five wood that's about 42 and a half inches long. Yeah. At a certain swing weight with a certain selection of shafts. What I find with five woods is that most players, if you give them a five wood, hit it pretty much as far as their three wood. Right. So um, we've done quite a lot of stuff with five woods around, you know, going quite a bit heavier in the shaft, going quite a bit shorter, adding yep. quite a lot of headway. Right. Um, I'll show you one in a minute. Yeah. I've got one of mine over there. But, um, and we've just been like getting amazing results with those. And, and it's, it's the same with hybrids, really. You know, sometimes somebody wants a hybrid that doesn't go too far but they want it to go quite low you know so I've got like Lynx hybrids which might you know I'll take an 18 degree hybrid head yeah I'll put a 39 and a half inch shaft in it yeah thing comes out at head height and I don't have to do anything um actually I've got a yeah I'll show yeah, you a yeah. in a second but um that's really fun to be able to do that and to be yeah. able to be that creative with people and not be tied to you know that set those set specifications yeah to go way outside of that yeah beyond the workshop cool and um if someone's read this article um 
what what do they uh, need to do to come and get a fitting? How do they go about it? If, how do they get hold of you? Just ring us up. <laughs> yeah, just ring us up. Um, yeah. And or an, or we've got those inquiry forms on our website. Right. Okay. Um, we're only fitting at the minute on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Um, it's me and David Griffiths that do yeah. the fittings. Um, and uh, yeah, it's always fun. And how much does a fitting cost typically? We charge seventy pounds for the initial session. Okay. Um, and it, that, that session can take sixty to ninety minutes. Right. Okay. Um, and then, depending on what we do from there, there may be more subsequent sessions. Perfect. Right. Cheers. And that was Owen Davis talking to James Day of Urban Golf. The two sites there are certainly worth checking out if you're nearby or visiting London. It sounds like a fun environment and one that will surely become more popular, of course, as we enter the winter months. Those dark nights are now back and there's no more twilight golf, unfortunately. Winter is fast approaching, so some indoor activity is probably advisable. However... As you're all really keen golfers who are listening to this Golf Shake podcast, as many of you, of course, are still out there playing in late September, don't forget, of course, to record your rounds and stats in the Golf Shake score tracker this week and leave behind, of course, course reviews and ratings of where you played. And these course ratings are very important as they can help other golfers in the community who are looking for new layouts to play, you can recommend them to them. And of course, you can also give your own golf club a solid boost up the golf shape rankings within your region, which is a really important thing and it certainly can attract uh, visitors to the golf course because as all research has shown that uh, these days people really do check online for ratings, whether it be for hotels or restaurants and of course, even golf courses. So, you know, any publicity, positive and uh, golf shape can facilitate that and you can help your golf club by putting those reviews in and telling us how good it is and why we should come and visit it. But of course, as for yourself in terms of your golf travel, and if you're looking for a golf break, a short break, uh, do check out the new Golf Shake Travel Hub on the website. Uh, Within the Golf Shake Top 10, there are a variety of incredible deals worth taking advantage of, from the likes of Slaley Hall and Helden Lakes in England, to the more famous uh, La Manga in Spain. What an incredible resort that is. And these deals are a great opportunity to sample some incredible golf courses and highly rated accommodation options for a truly affordable rate. And uh, these are worth checking out, that's for sure. But now... You know, I think that's enough for me. And uh, I do thank you for listening to this week's Golf Shake podcast, hosted by myself, Kieran Clark. And hopefully next time, we'll have Owen back in the the co-host chair. I do miss having him here, I've got to say. Just don't tell him I said that. However, until next time, get out on the golf course. And as we like to say at Golf Shake, play more and play better. Thank you.